Hey, howdy, hi, it's me, Zombie Brian. Welcome back to the Zombie Shorts Podcast. It's been a while, but today we're talking about my second most anticipated film of the month, David Bruckner's Hellraiser. Sounds weird not saying Clive Barker's Hellraiser. That's weird, but he did produce this film. He was heavily involved, so, you know, there's that. Anyway, it's a remake, or uh, according to Clive Barker himself, a reconfiguration. (laughs) That's funny. Of the original 1987 sadomasochistic horror film. Or romance film, depending on who you ask. So if I solve it, do I get a prize? I do. This remake promised a lot of unspoken things that may or may not have just been me secretly hoping I get to see the Hellraiser film I've always wanted to see. And, well, luckily I wasn't the only one with that same wish. Or... Or maybe I was, and it just turns out the gods finally chose to listen to me for once. Even though they chose to listen to me the moment I was thinking about something as trivial as a movie. Still, the point is, this new Hellraiser film is exactly what I, and apparently everyone else, has always wanted. It's far from being considered a masterpiece, and I don't think, and as hard as uh, it's gonna be to hear this, other fans of Golden Age slasher films, I don't think it's possible to mold any of these classic properties into like, the godfather of horror movies. You know, especially, like, uh, this Exorcist reboot that's coming up. You know, the original Exorcist is, is, it's not widely, but it's generally regarded as the scariest movie ever made, so this new remake has some big shoes to fill. And I, personally, I don't think it's gonna even come close. But anyway, Hellraiser is what we're here talking about, not that. Hellraiser, while I don't think it has the same gritty uh, and gross tone as the 80s horror movies with film grain and smoke machines tend to have an abundance of, uh, I nonetheless think it's, without a doubt, the best film in the franchise since the original, which is saying a lot, or not too much, depending on how you look at it. Because there's 11 of these movies now, and it took them 35 fucking years to vaguely generate the same lightning in a bottle that the first one once did. I mean, you know, better late than never, I guess. And in the morning, pack your shit. You don't mean that. The hell I don't. Then say it. Like you mean it. Get the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Like that, you happy? So let's talk about the world, the style, the overall atmosphere. Again, it doesn't quite feel like the original, but it, you know, it's been 35 years, and I'll say it again for the people in the back, nothing stays the same. So if you hate this movie because it doesn't feel like Clive Barker's original idea, you're being a son of a bitch, and nobody likes sons of bitches, so shut up. I, for one, think whatever feeling, aesthetic, atmosphere they were going for in this movie, they achieved with beautiful results. One thing I found interesting, and I'm pretty sure this will be one of the chief complaints about the movie, there was no overwhelming sense of dread. You know, you're not really you're not really shocked when the Cenobites show up because they make it pretty clear how and why that happens. As long as no one pricks their palm on the box or you know, gets physically stabbed with the box, then it's it's pretty much guaranteed that there won't be a BDSM anonymous meeting. So but in a way, I kind of like the new rules. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I haven't seen the other Hellraiser films in so long that I forgot what happens and how the box works. But I suspect none of the movies in the series were ever very clear on the rules of the box anyway. So I like that the remake is clear on the rules. You open the box, you get cut, and then you get taken. Simple. 
If you don't want to go, you simply offer another person in your place. Yeah, but of course, it's all part of the fine print, and then suddenly it's too late before you finish reading all the terms and conditions. talk about the Cenobites. You know, the whole reason anyone is a fan of the Hellraiser movies in the first place. Don't sit there and tell me you enjoy any of the Hellraiser movies because they're legitimately well-crafted psychological horror films that delve deep into the inner workings of the human psyche to reveal our true pleasure in life. No, 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 no. You, along with me and everyone else, likes it when the guy with the nails in his face spits out iconic Schwarzenegger one-liners and rips people apart with chains. And if you think that this remake is any more sophisticated than that, then you're about to be uh, satisfied, because I hope you weren't expecting anything other than that anyway. You know, Doug Bradley made the character of Pinhead iconic. He's one of the people born into a role, and with the success of that, then comes the ownership of that role. You know, Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Brad Dorf is the voice of Chucky. No one else can take over these roles with the same success. It's literally been done before, and you can see the results, and it's 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 really not pretty. I don't recommend you see the results, but they're out there if you're curious. So, you know, one would automatically assume that Jamie Clayton taking over as Pinhead, or, you know, the, the Hell Priest, as it's now come to be known, uh, would be doomed to fail and not live up to Doug Bradley. Well, I'm here to tell you that this is the proper way to carry on a legacy started by someone else. Hear ye, hear ye, future remakes of classic horror villains. Take notes from David Bruckner's Hellraiser. Jamie Clayton easily slips into the role and doesn't overstep or try to impersonate or do anything that would make her stand out in the wrong way. Ironically, she's easily the most eye-catching performance in this movie. But somehow, I don't know how, I wish the magic would be revealed to me, but it works. She works. There's a very subtle homage to Doug Bradley with the stiffness of her posture but the voice and the mannerisms and everything else is brought to the table by Jamie Clayton, and I fucking bought it. I purchased the whole experience, and I'm telling you right now, I would gladly go back for seconds and thirds and even fourths. I want more of this character and this world. Even the other Cenobites are impressive. I love the design of them. And also, another subtle homage to the original, uh, having the main Cenobite crew be the same. In this movie, if you're, you know, if you're familiar with the original, you can easily pick out female and chatterer, but no butterball, though. That's, that's weird, but, you know, whatever. But then you also get, like, a slew of new Cenobites. There, there is, I'm telling you, there is no shortage of weird, ripped-up, slimy demons to look at in this movie. It's magnificent. There is no retreat once a threshold has been crossed. All you can do is search for greater thresholds. Not him, I never chose him. Yes, he is chosen. And then, of course, you know, there's our new final girl, Odessa Azion. Azion? Azion? I'm going to say Azion. I don't know if that's how you say it. Odessa Azion? I'm probably butchering that. Anyway, um, she plays Riley uh, and uh, the main character. And this is where the film sort of lacks. Riley doesn't really feel like an iconic final girl. I mean, personally, uh, neither did Ashley Lawrence in the original for me, but uh, she's been attached to the series for so long that she just kind of 
She's been branded as the Hellraiser heroine at this point. But this new girl, Riley, while she isn't as strong as Tommy Jarvis or as smart as Laurie Strode, she's still worth watching. Overall, though, the movie is, like I said, exactly what I and every other fan of Hellraiser has wanted for a Hellraiser movie since Clive Barker did it first in 1987. I mean, it's not exactly like what he did, but it's uh, it's cl- the closest we're probably ever going to get, you know, quality-wise, so I'm not going to complain. You know, there's sufficient Cenobite screen time, sufficient gore, uh, effective atmosphere, and intriguing lore that they didn't really dive too deep into, which is why I'm hoping that they make another movie. God, I fucking hope they make another movie. It's, it's just, it's a great time, a fun experience, and I think it, uh, I, I think it's a pretty effective lure for newcomers to the series. If you haven't seen any other Hellraiser movie and you started with this one (laughs) congratulations you've just stepped through a door you can't walk back out of until you've made your rounds yes you like the rest of us must endure the mixture of pleasure and mostly pain watching the lackluster sequel after lackluster sequel after lackluster sequel yes these sequels have such mediocre sights to show you but, you know, once you make it to the end, you'll learn to appreciate this remake and what it's done for the franchise. It's an excellent revival of a scabbed-over flesh wound. I highly recommend this remake. I'm going to give it a, a, a solid 8 out of 10. You will know our finest gift. Oh, yes. We have such sights to show you. Anyway, that's it. Thank you for listening. And um, I know that I I keep I say this every single time at the end. I have ne- I haven't been consistent with this, and I just I, you know I I don't I don't want to make promises I can't keep. But I will tell you that my podcast for October will be semi-active. So I guess uh, until next week, <laughs> I'll see you. Bye.